some beef with someone I don't wanna know Unless they happen to be at this show I don't know who fucked up or who stole all your shit But if they're next to you right now Just run up and hit them Uh, howdy, folks. Uh, here we are again with uh, the Garrett Schalke podcast. I am your host, your boy, uh, Garrett Schalke. And, uh, folks, today is a very very special episode of uh, Hashtag Powerful GSP. You see, uh, in the past, many of my uh, guests have themselves been musicians, from Chart on Code to Amstroshine to the ever-lovable Zach Elmblad. Today, though, we have the pleasure of having, for the first time, a full-on band on the show. Uh, this band is a folk-punk duo from Austin, Texas, and they recently released their third EP, Bad Habits, which uh, we're going to talk about today, among other things. Uh, folks, let's, let's uh, welcome Nathan and Tim, whom, when their powers combine... Forum Fire Ant season. Hey, how's it going, Garrett? Hey, guys, how's it going? It's going pretty good. You know, pretty nice day in Austin, so we can't complain. Alright, well, we actually we just talked for a sec a few minutes ago, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, things are going good down there weather-wise for you guys? Tornadoes. Yeah, I was about to mention that, uh, you're okay, right? Yeah, we're okay. I don't think they actually touched down. Uh, like, it was they like kind of close to us. Yeah, they, uh, they hit a... I think it was, like... I don't think anyone died, but, like, 20 cars were, like, destroyed and round yeah, A couple houses, too. Yeah. But not, not where we were at. Yeah, thankfully. But um, I got pretty scared. Like, when, like, the rain was coming down, mm-hmm. uh, I was, I was uh, like, on uh, the verge of appears almost even though it, it wasn't anywhere close to us but i was i was getting pretty like scared there for a bit so yeah do you hear about the tornado that dropped down in new orleans last night no yeah i didn't shit yeah uh yeah it hit the lower ninth ward and um some other places i honestly can't remember the name of but uh yeah which kind of strikes me as strange since uh Whenever I think of Noel, I think of uh, hurricanes. I actually thought yeah. it was too. I mean, I'm, I'm no uh, weather expert. I, I didn't even know like tornadoes hit there. Um, but yeah, that, that's horrible. Wow. Uh, so, uh, like, was everyone okay? Like, were there? Any... Uh, uh, there's damage. Uh, one dead so far. Yeah. Yeah, but uh. Well, I'm glad to hear you guys are doing all right. Yeah, yeah thankfully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> all right. So uh, let's get right on down to it, guys. Uh, 
you are fire ant season. Yes, that is us. And uh, how would you uh, define yourselves? How would we define ourselves? That's a good question. Um, so I guess kind of like our signature uh, thing, like I guess uh, we haven't uh, like put uh, like a trademark or anything on it, but uh, we like to say half-hearted melodies and full-hearted tragedies. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess that kind of says that like the songs aren't that good, but we're kind of putting everything we have into uh, the lyrics. And uh, so I would say that would kind of describe us pretty well. I mean, I think the I think the melodies are all right. Um, I mean, if I if I had to think of like the signature sound to anyone that doesn't listen to folk punk, would be that uh, generally just depressing lyrics, but happier music to contrast. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would say that. Well, I certainly enjoy the music, and uh, I and I think you're I, actually I can't tell whether. Uh, you guys are being too humble or too hard on yourselves when you uh, describe the songs as not very good. Good. We want that uh, that ambiguity. <laughs> you know, and we want to keep you on your toes as, as much as possible. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's a good strategy, actually. <laughs> keep going with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I guess also, uh, like, like the other thing that we, um, I guess, like could consider uh, like a trademark, but uh, we haven't trademarked. Well, I guess it's only on the Facebook page that says this, but um, it just says uh, self-loathing and stuff. Actually, uh, with a folk, folk punk in general, um, that that's actually a pretty apt description of the genre. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, like basically what uh, like the genre kind of hinges on. I would say. That. <laughs> uh, at least like half the bands, maybe. Yeah, there's all these. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty weird as we're we're very much aging out of the scene at this point. I would say, but it's like there's all these different generations of folk punk. So. There's probably, like, kids doing stuff now that we don't even know exactly because we haven't been to many shows in, like, three years because of yeah. COVID. And then you have, like, the origins in, like, the 90s. So, yeah, it's like there's all these subgenres, and I guess we're in the, you know, try to keep the music a little bright, even if the lyrics are dark. And then there's all sorts of variations of that from other bands. Um, so would you say that, like, we're in, like, the fourth wave of folk punk? Like the fourth wave? Hmm. Sure. <laughs> like the fourth uh, or the wave, I guess I would say. Honestly, as big of a folk punk fan at, that I am, I really haven't pay, paid too much of the too much attention to uh, waves per se. So uh, yeah. I honestly can't comment on that. Yeah, I never hear anyone say refer to it as waves, but I feel like there's something. There's something there, I guess. Uh, do you do you listen to a lot of folk punk or? Oh yes, I do actually. Okay, just just seeing because it's such an esoteric topic of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I like it, and uh, this seems very simple actually. But uh, 
I got into it because it combines two of my favorite genres, punk and folk, thus folk punk. You know, simple enough. And, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of it that just gets me is, uh, you know, a lot of the lyricism, a lot of the camaraderie between the bands, you know. And I guess depending on which ones, you know, like the lifestyles of some. Oh, and of course there's politics. You know, I'm a leftist, and a lot of it is left. I love the people who say keep politics out of punk, because it's like, that's basically like what formed it, and it just blows my mind that... Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Those guys people, stink. <laughs> actually, uh, I'm on... Actually, uh, I'm on a 24-hour ban on Facebook right now, because, uh... You tried to put the politics back in punk. They stopped you. <laughs> no, it's it's better than that. Um, I follow I follow a Reagan Youth fan page. Uh, yeah. for, for folks who don't know, Reagan Youth is a legendary '80s hardcore punk band who are still going. I saw them last year and they were awesome. And uh, well, I guess because their name is Reagan Youth, they just get like a deluge of, like, right-wingers and, like, conservative <laughs> punks on there. And, like, Reagan? I'm a youth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that fits me perfectly. I'm <laughs> Reagan youth. So, uh, so, of course, there's, you know, some, some posts they made and they got the same garbage. And on, uh, one of them, on one guy who was like, hey, now, I'm more center-right. Why can't I be a Reagan youth fan? It's just music. Uh, so I commented, dude, no one cares. Just go just go listen to Screwdriver and fuck off already. And and this morning I got a 24-hour ban for harassment and bullying. That's how you got the ban? Yeah. That's yeah, not even yeah you, you see, on Facebook, you cannot tell Nazi punks to fuck off. <laughs> No, yeah, I'm surprised it seems like, uh, I mean, you're doing the Lord's work. It, it seems like it's like a, it should be right below that threshold. You know? <laughs> yeah, but it is funny, though, because I see stuff like that all the time where it's like, people are like, oh, I have all these really bad ideas, like, but, like, will y'all all accept me? And it's like, well, like, you're the one coming out saying what you believe. <laughs> like, they, they, they can't just believe it. They have to have everyone's approval, too. Yeah, or they try to go, like, the apolitical route, because uh, they know that no one likes their shit. So it's like, oh, hey, guys, uh, t no, I'm not about politics. You know, can't we all just get along? Yeah. Then you look on their Facebook page, and oof. Yeah. Actually, uh, well, before we uh, begin formally, yeah, that's a good question that I just thought of. Are there any right-wing folk punk bands or musicians that you know of? I know there's uh, this Facebook group. Um, it's called the Anti-PC Folk Punk. <laughs> and I feel like that's where you would find uh, like the right-wing folk punk. If it really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the answer is almost definitely but I could not necessarily name one because, I mean, especially because folk punk, it's such a low barrier of entry. You know, it's like once you're posting 
I guess a song on YouTube or something with your acoustic guitar, you can't, you're technically, you're playing folk punk if it's the genre. And I mean, I think there's a lot of people, I mean, people I've met like throughout my life in punk scene that they just hold like, a lot of really right-wing views but never think about that they in fact do believe all these right-wing things. And you know, it's like, it can go either way. Like they, they confront it and then, do away with it or they like really double down and embrace it i think both like me and i have certainly seen people in the scene that you know believe these things and having to be confronted with it they kind of just exit yeah 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 i don't see them like really lasting long but uh it is kind of funny to think of yeah But but you can definitely find right wing songs if you if you search for a little bit. Oh yeah, I'm sure I can. But uh <laughs> thankfully I have vastly better things to do. Yeah. Also I like that also uh, reminds me of the guy I think it's the drummer of System of the Down. Oh Jesus Christ, that guy. <laughs> Like, and that is a perfect example of that because it's like he's in it's like he's in a band and like they like actively sing against his views and so I just don't understand like how that works <laughs> uh, it's especially awkward because uh, I think he's he's Sergey's brother-in-law too oh I didn't know that <laughs> that's bad they're like he's just gotta be in the band yeah. <laughs> also uh that one guy from Nirvana, not Dave Roll, the other member. I guess uh, he's also a right-wing Trump guy. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Surely not Kurt Cobain. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, go back in time and convince Kurt Cobain to turn his gun the other way. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of who... No, it's weird when you said the other guy, Nirvana. It never occurred to me that I have absolutely no clue who, I guess, it's the basis of Nirvana is. Um... Yes. Yeah, I forget his name. God, I can't. I can't remember it either. Oh well. Yeah. Oh well. Well, we're not talking about him. In fact, we're talking about you guys. Fire season. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get back on topic. Yeah. All right. Um, the Bad Habits EP. Um, it came out earlier this month. It's uh, available on Bandcamp right now. And yeah, I've I personally very much enjoyed it. My uh, two favorite tracks are uh, Depression's Well, One Hell of a Drug Imbalance and uh, Privilege Blues. Those are my two favorites so far. Thank but, you so much. Yeah, I but... Say, wait, I like, I like the two that I like the best, too. I have all the five. And that's kind of, uh, I like kissing my own ass when I say that, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll give it a few more listens and then... Uh, I'll pro- ultimately then decide which one's my favorite. Because there can only be one. You know, just like Highlander. Exactly. <laughs> that's like, that's how I view all my music. Just listen to everything until there is one Highlander song. <laughs> okay, guys. and uh, I was listening to the EP. And uh, throughout my listen, there is uh, one question that kept popping up in my mind. And... Uh, it's the most important one, so let's get right to it. Okay. All right. Uh, how influenced were you by the smash hit song "Bad Habits" by multi-platinum modern-day legend Ed Sheeran? Oh man! Oh, no! It's funny because I thought you were about to. 
a reference that I would have no idea. I'm like, I don't know any songs they have bad habits, but then when you said a tune, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. Song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't even know that. Damn, I thought it was the original. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So maybe, you know, Nate does all the lyrics, I just do the mandolin, but I'd heard the song, so maybe it was in my subconscious for coming up with some of the mandolin parts. But how about you, Nate? Well, so I'm curious, uh, like, like, what does the song, like, what's, um, I guess, the subject matter of the song? Oh, it's a dance pop song about uh, Ed Sheeran's uh, nightly habits when he, like, goes out and how... Uh, his bad habits lead him to uh, the one he loves. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird song. I don't. I like Ed Sheeran a lot less than I like the average person on pop radio. <laughs> I think it's among his better songs. <laughs> well, uh, well, I guess I'll be the first one to break it here, but. Uh, I do have info that Ed Sheeran is suing you guys for copyright. <laughs> that would be so good. That would put us on the map, honestly. Yeah. That would be great press. I know. I thought about that, too. I'm like, hmm. Well, this could go wrong in a lot of ways, but uh, there is some good stuff out of this. <laughs> yeah. Man, I hope he does. If you're listening yet, please sue us. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, okay, bad joke aside. Um, so, uh, the Bad Habits EP, um, how did it come about? Um, so I guess the first song on it, uh, that's called, uh, uh, Get a Life, uh, we had that song probably since 2014? I mean, yeah, like the first year we were a band. Yeah. We had that song. Uh, so, uh, like, we first started back in 2013, and that was, uh, like, one of the earlier songs that I wrote. And I think we just forgot to put it on, like, the album or the EP. And I was like, well, we got to put it somewhere. And so I just decided to put it as the first track so it could kind of be, like, uh, hopefully be, like, a transition into, like, the old stuff into the new stuff. Hmm. Um, and then um, I would say, uh, like, the majority of the songs on it, uh, like, two or three of the songs I wrote in 2018, 2019, and I just, um, like, sat on them. Um, and so it was basically just kind of, like, combining uh, these songs that, you know, like, we had had. And also just, uh, like, trying to come up uh, with some other songs, trying to uh, remain uh, relevant still. Um. <laughs> well, well, that song, um, Get a Life, we probably played, like, the first show we ever really played is, like, band or whatever and then yeah. the other four songs i guess made it written but we never played before you know starting the process of recording the cp yeah. so they're all kind of like late very late in the game if we ever play shows again we'll, we'll play those yeah definitely <laughs> well uh okay i don't know if that uh answer nullifies this question then but uh but aside from uh, your split with uh, fellow punkers Ludlow, which, yeah. uh, if I recall right, said that that uh, split is um, about life under late capitalism. Uh, yes. Yeah, have you guys uh, ever recorded a project that had like a specific theme for it? Like how this one is about... Uh... Actually, I got it right here from the, from the description. 
<clears throat> this EP addresses those bad habits and captures them in a sort of catharsis to hold to hold them responsible for their actions, to hopefully learn and grow from them. And so I was, I guess, trying to be, I was trying to create a theme, but honestly, if you take any of our songs, I think you could put them in the frame of the lens Bad Habits, because I think that's just kind of my, um, like how I come up with songs and like the subject matter. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I kind of just have the songs and then I try to draw comparisons from there. But no, I don't uh, think I actually go and uh, like try to write songs in a certain theme. Um, I just, um, I guess, like throw up psychologically on a piece of paper, and then I go from there. <laughs> All right, gotcha. And uh, how was the recording process for this EP? Sucked. We actually tried on this one, and like I got uh, like a fancy condenser mic, and like I and I tried to um, I like to learn how to how to mix and all that. It was just a very drawn out, painful process, and a lot of it was just kind of spent not doing anything with because I was dreading working on it. Um, I feel like that's probably a lot of artists. When COVID had such a factor that um, I don't think we planned the EP until COVID had already taken off. But it's like, I didn't go to Nate's to record. I think I was kind of working on my own parts. But it was probably right after I got like vaccinated, I think. And then we went over, or then I went over, and then I could record quite a bit. And then like the next wave of COVID happened, so we kind of isolated again before the EP was done, and then after that period of isolation, then we finished up the EP, so it was yeah. extremely protracted. Yeah, definitely. Huh, actually, uh, that reminds me of a meme that I shared recently. It's a Leonard Cohen quote. And, uh, well, it's a long one, so I really can't quote exactly, but, uh, Cohen... But it on a meme? Uh, what? But it's a long quote, but it fits on a meme? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, you know, it's it's a typical type where like they have a picture of the person, then they put the quote on, quote yeah. on it. But uh, Cohen did did talk about uh, dreading having to like go to a project that you're working on, but then then like some mythical force draws you into it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was <laughs> so, for that. so I mean, that's not that's not what happened to you guys at all, then. <laughs> What's that? That's not what happened to happened with this record at all. No, yeah, it, was, it was painful. It felt really forced. <laughs> yeah. um, I think, like when I came up with the songs, that wasn't as forced. But yeah, trying to record it was definitely forced. Oh, I mean, I'm happier with how it turned out than probably anything else we've recorded. So it wasn't like, oh, like it, you know, I'm mad about the results or whatever. It was just probably the most painful to record all the. You all know, stuff. you know, I'm actually kind of feeling bad for having you guys on now because uh, I don't, I don't want to bring up these bad memories. <laughs> oh, no, it feels good though because it's over. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, just like it says. All right, and uh, so 
So, okay, so it's been out for uh, nearly a month now. Uh, how has the reception been? It's been pretty good, I would say. I'm definitely surprised at, uh, like, how many people shared the post, uh, where I was like, I'll give you free stuff if you share this post. Um, and it got, like, 40-something shares, so I was like, oh, that's, you know, pretty good. Um, and yeah, I would say it's... Uh, you know, pretty solid for having, uh, like, been out of the game for, I guess, like, two years now, so. Yeah, it feels weird because uh, in the past, whenever we recorded something, I mean, I don't know about Nate, but I didn't think too much about it because we would just be playing shows, and that's when you would talk to people and get an idea of, like, what you were doing, and it's almost like the recording was just incidental, whereas now things are more isolated and haven't quite like restarted yet so it's more like the recording is literally everything we are as a band so it, it seems like so much more is loaded into it yeah and also we had um a show planned on april the 9th i believe and i was really excited for it um but i uh, ended up getting two of my teeth extracted on that day Oof. and it kind of just <laughs> It seems like the past, like, four or five good shows that we've had, like, some shit has happened. Like, either, like, I got COVID, or, uh, like, for this next one, I'm getting, like, two teeth extracted. And it just feels like there's some, like, higher power that's, like, stopping us. Yeah, that's, like, trying to fuck with us to not play shows. (laughs) Jeez. Oh, wow. That is bad, having uh, God against you. I will say that. (laughs) Damn God. Yeah, I didn't think about it until just now, but you're right that I think like four of the last five shows you were playing, like some unexpected event occurs and we don't play. Yeah. Well, there was one that, like we were supposed to play uh, with Days and Days too, and I was like really excited, but I got COVID. Oh, bummer. Yeah. And that would have been awesome too. Uh, I've been wanting to see Days and Days for like the yeah, longest time. I'm Escape from the Zoo too. Um, I saw them. Uh, I guess last week, only two weeks ago. I think last week. Uh, but they put on a terrific show. Well, uh, gentlemen, since uh, God is honestly against you, may, <laughs> may may I suggest a pack with Satan, if you haven't made one already? <laughs> we should do that. We haven't done that yet. We need to get a pack with Satan going. <laughs> uh, Alright, so... Uh, Actually, you just mentioned a little bit about the, well, I guess if you want to call it a prom- promotion campaign with the free stickers, which, uh, thank you again for saying them to me. No, I, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I plan on slapping one of them on my, uh, my new suitcase, in fact. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, but, uh, so far the sticker campaign, uh, anything else that you have planned to, uh, promote the EP, like shows? Perhaps a tour? Uh, we should have had, uh, like, an, or like a release show, uh, but we didn't. Um, we're kind of thinking a tour, possibly, in September. I haven't done anything to get that going, though, but I probably should. Um, other than that, I feel like we've done all the promotion that uh, we had planned for it. All right. Actually, uh... What are uh, COVID restrictions like where you're at? Especially when it comes to, like, performing shows. Well, we're in Texas, so... There you go, self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, I don't think 
think there's been anything approaching COVID restrictions in at least a year and a half. I think early on there was a little bit of stuff, but um, it's pretty much you choose your own risk type situation. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, does it uh, vary from like venue to venue, or? I would say that. I mean, even you're not even allowed to require a mask at a venue, so really, really doesn't matter. Well, I feel like the show thing. I can't fully like blame COVID. I mean, it's a, for a long time, you know, we just weren't doing shows because we weren't trying to get other people exposed or expose yourself to COVID. I mean, certainly at this point, I'm not, I'm not concerned anymore. But it's hard to get the momentum back, and it also feels like a lot of the infrastructure for like smaller bands. It's just kind of things are still uh, pretty low level right now. Hmm. Hopefully they stay that way. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed on that one. But uh, here in Michigan, um, as you know, we've had we have one of the toughest uh, lockdown restrictions. So much so that our governor almost got kidnapped for it. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, actually, the her uh, plotters are currently on trial. And um, oh. boy, howdy, it's been fun reading. Fun reading those news stories. Yeah, yeah, basically, to, to kind of sum it up a little bit uh, so far, basically the plotters just, like, would get really drunk and high. Then, uh, then they would come up with all these fantastic scenarios. <laughs> like, one of them wanted to uh, kidnap Whitmer at Mackinac Island with, like, a Black, Black Hawk helicopter. And keep in mind, these are your typical northern Michigan hicks. So, uh, I was going to say, how'd they get access to that? <laughs> not much. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, actually, guys, before we uh, begin the next part of this interview, uh, we got a commercial break, in fact. And it's uh, yeah. from someone that I never would have expected. So uh, we'll be right back. Hey, folks. Giant Hobo here. And, you know, this may sound like an understatement coming from me, but life is hard. And, you know, when I'm sitting there wondering why everyone's getting drunk and laid but me, or harder questions, like why my heart won't stop beating, something I've been pondering since 1987. But you know what I do? I listen to the Garrett Shelkey Podcast. Yep, you know, whiskey used to be my kind of lullaby, but I've replaced that with with the Garrett Schalke Podcast, where writer Garrett Schalke interviews friends, acquaintances, and favorite people. Everyone from uh, the great musician Charton Code to the folk punk band Fire Ant Season, or the ever-lovable Zach Elmblad. You know, I just can't get enough of these episodes, folks. You know, it's better than doing acid, it's better than drinking whiskey, it's better than smoking crack while watching 12-year-olds buy weed. And you know what? You can listen to it for free in a variety of places. From YouTube to Internet Archive to Anchor to iHeartRadio to Breaker to Podcast Addict. Hell, even Spotify, which uh, 
Yeah, I still don't think you get my music on there. Maybe you can listen to some Wingnut Dishwashers Union and shit like that. But, yeah. Anyway, uh... That's me, Jai Hobo, telling you to listen to the Garrett Schalke Podcast. Listen and download wherever you can hear podcasts. And I'm Jai Hobo. I am off. Oh, one more thing I would like to add. You know that whole joke about how if you hop one train, you've hopped more trains than Giant Hobo? Yeah, well, it's funny and true. Anyway, Giant Hobo signing out. And we're back, and uh, wow, what a wonderful commercial that is. Um, I'm really, one, one thing I'm really glad about in this fifth season of uh, Hashtag Powerful GSP is that uh, we're getting so much recognition that all these famous celebrities that are in no way my impersonations are gladly giving their free time to help advertise this show. You know, it's a beautiful thing to behold. I didn't even know that Pat came out of retirement. Yeah, he, wait, wow. he, so he did, huh? Yeah, that's, that's incredible. It was a good cause. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, God damn it! I thought you were being for real. <laughs> <laughs> God, I, I belong to a Facebook group called uh, Sounds Like a Pat the Bunny Lyric, but okay. Yes, I've seen that one. Yeah, and like, half, half the content on there is just like, hey, I heard Pat's coming back, or hey, where's Pat now? And then, uh, yeah, and then people like getting mad saying that you're invading his privacy by asking a question, so it, it can get lame. Think he's outliving his best life. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think he's like a computer programmer now or something. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, I think so. Yep. All right, uh, all right, guys. Uh, second part of this interview, we talked about your uh, bad habits EP out now on Bandcamp, and uh, but hey, let's uh, take a little trip back to the past, shall we? Sure. Yeah. Um. When did uh, Fire Ant season form? So we started back in 2013, and I was living in Tyler, Texas, and Tim uh, was living in Austin. Um, and uh, like we had always uh, like tried to come up with uh, different projects and stuff. Like since college, I would say since like 2008, 2009. Um, and I guess uh, like we kind of just uh, like Tim got me onto full punk. He showed me AJJ. And at first, I thought it sounded terrible. <laughs> then, I kept, then I kept listening, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is speaking to my soul." Um, uh, do Do you remember what song or albums it was? It was um, what's the one that people who eat people are the luckiest people in the world? Yeah, it was that album, but it was the. Talking Yes, <laughs> that's a that's a good impression, actually. No, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's funny that you say that because I've never been a very big AJJ fan, but I think I just incidentally showed you them at some point. <laughs> so I yeah, you tried a couple of times. Yeah, and I'm not like an anti fan; like I, I enjoy them, but I've never like you certainly are a way bigger fan than I am. Yeah. So, uh, yeah definitely. I, I enjoy them, and I've seen them once perform, and uh, 
much to my surprise when they did perform, they did uh, not play Survive or uh, what's that one? You know, there's a bad guy in everyone, no matter who we are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one. There's someone in your head that wants to fucking strangle you. Yeah, they, they skipped over the classics. Yep, they did not play those two classics. I do wonder if it's like, you know, I mean, I haven't, I don't think I've, I think I've listened to all their albums up to maybe the last one, and I do wonder if they're just like, it's almost like as you start to change over time, you're like, you know what, like, I'm not going to give people the old stuff. you got to listen to the the newest incarnation of the band. Yeah, uh, they did that early on with their songs, like, I think it was Lady Killer. Yeah. But, like, they stopped playing that one just because it was, I guess, like, Sean didn't, like, feel that way, uh, like, anymore. He said he was just trying to be, like, an edgy teen. Yeah. Like, when he came up with those songs. And so I guess it's uh, just kind of the same thing happening again. Yeah, I know, and it makes sense if you're if you're embarrassed about your old material, no matter how much someone likes it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I can respect that. And I can also understand like not wanting to play all the big old hits when you got all this new shit going on. Yeah, I mean that kind of plagued Bob Dylan for like his early career. You know, you'll have like this new electric stuff, then someone in the audience just shouting, "Blowing in the wind." <laughs> Maggie's Farm, the legends are to be believed. Everybody like walked away at the folk festival, but he played it at the uh, first time. Yeah. Actually, I honestly I really don't like that song in general, but I do like that version of it with the Paul Barfield Blues Band. Mm-hmm. The album version, uh, I skip over that one. <laughs> no, it's funny. It's like there's this point where I stop liking Bob Dylan, and it's a little after Maggie's Farm, but I. <laughs> There's still a point where I don't like a lot of the newer material. Actually, uh, I think you really like what he's doing now. You hear about it? I haven't, uh, I probably haven't listened to at least the last two albums he did. Oh, th- this isn't music related. It's better than that. Uh, oh. Bob Dylan is, has recently been revealed, and I'm not joking here, I'm really not. Bob Dylan has recently been revealed to be behind a secret NFT project. Oh, my God. All right. All right. <laughs> There's something kind of poetic about it, though. That he's still alive and also somehow getting his NFTs. Oh, jeez. Like, oh, like yeah. People are really trying for that. Like, people really want NFTs to take off. Yeah, I know. Jeez. <laughs> just imagine, yeah, like... Don't do that, guys. Please, just... Keep putting out EPs. Just don't do NFTs. If we do, you have every uh, you have all the permission to uh, to completely disassociate from us as much as you want. If we do get into that, but you know, just act like you never talked to us. This interview never happened. Well, no. If if it, if that does happen, I'm just gonna have to harass you guys by repeatedly screenshotting your NFTs until you block <laughs> me. Please do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we ever get to that point. All right. Uh, talk about how fire season formed. Uh, how about you two? Uh, how did you guys meet? Um, it's probably. Our, I was trying to come up with how many years before fire season, but um, we both met in college. I think our freshman years. 
uh, we were in a couple classes together, and we both uh, we both surfed. We went to um, Corpus Christi, which is like a town along the Texas coast. So after we met in class, we just started surfing for a while, and then would occasionally play music together. And uh, I think like Nate mentioned, we kind of like tried to start like one or two different bands before fire and season, but uh, for different reasons. We, one, we had to have like a practice space and it was quite a drive. We had a drummer that wasn't great at keeping time. So we, we, uh, we never played any shows with that band. And I think eventually we would just go to each other's places and just play like on acoustic guitars the music that uh, we were doing for the other band, which was more of like a punk band or like an indie band mm-hmm. that uh, was electric. And then uh, I graduated college and I got a job in like, Louisiana. And I think we, we still hung out, but we didn't really do any music thing for a few years. And then eventually, probably uh, five or six years after we met, Nate sent me some songs on his phone and I bought a mandolin just for fun, and um, and I would come up with mandolin parts and send them back to him. And um, that was our first EP, which was before we were really a band. I think he just wanted to put a name on it, mm-hmm. and I guess that would be officially when we started. And we probably didn't play our first show for at least a year after that because we weren't even living in the same city at the time. That was like two years, right? Yeah, maybe two years after that. Uh, actually, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh. What is that hooting sound? Like, are you sitting next to an owl? Um, yeah, that is an owl. We're outside um, on Nate's back porch. And oh, oh, really? It, it really is an owl. Owl hooting in the distance. Is it super loud? Like, is it, yeah. Is it like, no, it's not super loud, but I can pick it up enough where it's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> the sounds of, of nature yeah. are coming to I mean, we're like in the middle of the city, so it's... Uh, <laughs> Not too much, but the owl is definitely going strong over there. I actually think it's just like a pigeon or something. <laughs> well, uh... Pigeons make that noise, or like the... I mean, that sounds like an owl, what I just did, but... Alright, well, it's cool then, because, uh... We need some really good content on this podcast, and, uh... <laughs> I think bird noises will do. Oh, yeah. Um, so are you curious to, uh, to know how we got the name Fire Ant Season? Indeed, I am. Please explain. How did you come up with the name Fire Ant Season? <laughs> I'm sorry, was that a question that you had? Did I just... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's good, dude. going with the flow of questions that you had originally planned. Nah, sorry. it's good, dude. Don't worry about it. my own ass here. All right, so uh, how did the name come about? <laughs> so it's really stupid. Like, I don't even know why I asked. Yeah, I'm surprised you were excited because I don't think the story's that good. It's, it's but I really wanted to tell it, so go for it. <laughs> so, uh, like, like, Tim and I had been, I think we have, like, two or three songs at this point, and I would, uh, like, always, uh, like, take my bike to, um, uh, I would always take my bike to the Walmart that was close to me, and I would, in fact, steal from this Walmart. Um, so that song isn't, you know, like fake or anything. Uh, but, Actually, uh, um, fun, uh, fun, fun uh, history fact, folks. Uh, the song he's referring to is called Steal from Walmart, and uh, it was featured on episode 7 of 
the Garrett Schalke podcast. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, and like, I probably subsisted from stealing from Walmart for five years. Yeah, like at least five years. God damn, half a decade. Yeah, uh, for a long time. Um, but I got off my bike because I had to cross uh, this area and I stepped in, um, it was, yeah, I stepped in, a, I stepped in a firing bed and, um, and that's how I came up with the name. Wait. I, I sent it to Tim and I was like, how about this? And he was like, yeah, that's cool. So, so fire ants, I'm from Michigan, so I imagine it's like a huge mound and like red angry ants that attack you. All right, do y'all have any, uh, any ants up in Michigan? Oh, yeah, we got, uh, I guess, regular brown ants and large black ants. Classic. Yeah, but, like, nothing as exotic as fire ants. Yeah, they are from, I, I think it's South America, and they, they're invasive here, and they've killed off most of the other ants. Damn, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I... that name. Now, e- even with, uh, even with climate change, it's still too cold up here, I think, for, uh, them to survive that long. All right, so uh, what were the first days of a uh, fire ant season like? Like when you first started recording and performing together? So I guess for the first two years, we didn't ever um, like really play any shows or anything. It was just basically sending audio files back and forth to each other. And um, now did you put the songs together? Because you had... Well, yeah, Audacity. Yeah, I guess to your question, it's almost like two places in time. It's like the origin is like Nate's living in Tyler, Texas, going to uh, to to medical tech school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. While I'm living in Austin, and he would just record stuff on his iPhone, send it to me, and then I would take his audio files and just add a mandolin part or like vocals on my computer. And then send it back to him, and I think that was it. Yeah. Um, we didn't really do anything with it. And once we had five songs together, we uh, we put our first EP up. And then the second part, it's probably two years later, when you moved to Austin. And I think uh, they started playing open mics kind of around town doing songs. I never really showed up to any of them. I don't know if I was even invited. But... Uh, <laughs> No, but then I remember one time you're like, "Oh, this open mic wants us to play, or wants you to play like four songs instead of two songs," which is like the featured position at this open mic. And then when you told me you're like, "Do you want to play it?" and I uh, I tried to come up with parts to the songs, and I guess that was our first show as a band. Hmm. Yeah, open mics. Yeah, uh, we talked. We uh, touched upon upon it a little bit, but. uh, What's the music scene like in Austin? Does it have like a uh, folk punk or just an in general punk scene? I would say it's pretty sizable. Um, I guess you could almost say that um, it's kind of oversaturated. Uh, but um, I guess like ever since the no, pandemic. Not the punk scene though. No, not the, the punk scene. The music scene in general is, but um, yeah. I would say that the punk scene is smaller than most towns in like Texas. Um, yeah. But there's like a lot of bands in general here. Yeah, I would say like the local hub is probably Kickbutt Coffee. And that's also uh, the place that I would do um, open mics at. 
So that's kind of, I would say, like, one of the, like, the biggest punk scenes uh, for Austin. Hmm. All right. And, uh, uh, <clears throat> uh hold on a sec, please. Ha, <coughs> <coughs> ah, still got that winter cold, even though it's uh, transitioning to spring. Sorry about that. All right, so, uh, well, okay, so what was the reception to Fire Ant season within folk punk as a whole? I guess the scene in general. So I guess, like, uh, like when I first kind of introduced uh, myself into the scene, it was to, um, of the DIY folk punk community chat board on Facebook. And I posted, I think it was Newfound Dystopian uh, the first time. And they got like 50 something uh, like reactions to it. And so I was like, whoa, that's amazing. And I would say that's probably uh, that's as good as it ever got. <laughs> that's as good as it ever got. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that. Uh... And, like, when I think of us playing shows in Austin, especially the first few years, it was always in the context of, I guess we were liked enough to get shows at a lot of different places, but not because of anything to do with, like, a old punk or punk scene. You know, we were usually opening for bands that weren't a part of those scenes. Yeah. Um, it's almost like we were separate of it, because I think there's there's not a big old punk scene in Austin. Yeah, any uh, particular bands of note that you've uh, performed with or opened for? I would say Walter, etc. That was a big one. Yeah, uh, I guess it? they're kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we opened up for Escape from the Zoo in Houston. Uh, oh, yeah. It was outside. Yeah. <laughs> and then we left right after. We were such dicks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no you're not dicks. You're rock stars. <laughs> Yeah, we had to leave. I forget, like, why. Well, I think, well, we were in Houston for, like, the day and uh, had to be back in Austin the next day. So it's a question of, like, do we leave at 11 o'clock at night now while I can still stay awake or do I, like, sleep in the car? Um, and that was the session that we had that with Brandon, right? Yeah. Up yeah. with the camera. But I feel like the real story is, no, like, we haven't. I'm trying to think of, like, the biggest possible band that we opened for. And it's hard to think of a household name there. Well, you oh, almost opened for Days and Days. Does that count? I think we all... So we almost did, but that was when Nate got COVID. Yeah. Have we ever... I don't think we've ever opened for them before, have we? No, I don't think so. Yeah. No. Uh, I think that should count. Yeah, we were supposed to. <laughs> so close, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, well, I noticed this too when I was uh, looking at your band camp. You know, I was looking over again at the descriptions, and uh, usually it's just not you two in the studio. You usually have uh, two or three other musicians with you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah, is that uh, by choice for a studio album? Or uh, do you also have other people perform with you on stage? So we have had other people perform with us, but I don't think we've ever had anyone who's performed with us on stage More than who's once. performed with us in the studio. Because no. I don't think Corbin has ever uh, performed with us on stage. stage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we try to 
um, I guess, like, try to have different instruments, I like, for the tracks, just so it's not, uh, like, all the same thing, you know, I like, we try to make it different um, as much as possible. Uh, but, yeah, I think having uh, different instruments is uh, uh, pretty cool. I'd say have a good sound. All right. Okay, uh, th this is a question I wanted to really ask, too, because uh, my first exposure to you guys, and um, I think I got this right, was, uh, like I said, back in episode 17, I featured uh, your song, Steal from Walmart, and uh, I believe it was when uh, I was on one of the folk punk groups on Facebook, I was asking, like, hey, I'm looking for songs to feature on my podcast, if anyone would like to have any suggestions or if they have some that they would like to let me use, let me know. And I believe it was one of you guys that posted that. That was probably me. <laughs> and ultimately it was. Yeah, uh, what I wanted to ask was, uh, how do you guys uh, hook up with Ludlow for uh, the split that you did with them? So I knew Kirby... Um, and we were Facebook friends and I sent a message to them and I asked if they wanted to do a split because we had, I think it was like three or four songs that I like, we were just sitting on. Um, and I was like, we should do a split. Um, because that's what people in the folk punk scene do and, and every other scene. Gotta do at least one. Yeah. It's cool to do splits. And so I just, uh, like, uh, reached out to Kirby and I asked them if they felt like it. Um, and they said yes, obviously. Because I think they had um, like five songs that they were sitting on. Um, and yeah, and um, actually a fun fact is that um, I told Kirby, uh, so like, what do you think of calling the split capitalism? And they said no. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. That's that's a dumb name. <laughs> it's like, Very definitive <laughs> answer. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't really support it either. How did it end up being that? Uh, so Kirby got back to me, and it was, um, oh, I forget their name. Who's the other, uh, like, the singer for Ludlow? I forget their name. Uh, but they said that it was cool. And so I think they influenced Kirby to accept it. <laughs> so that's yeah. I've always hated the name because it's like capitalism isn't, isn't the opposite of capitalism. It's like even if it was like capitalism and then versus capitalism. It just seems like a weird Wait, how? capitalism. Well, no, but I mean obviously capitalism isn't a word, but it's almost like capital isn't isn't really the play on words that I think it's like meant to be. Yeah, the one where he ends it with like, sure, surely you do not want to die like a dog. Yeah, yeah that one. That's exactly the one. Uh, what, was this guy like, what, was this poster one of those people like, who says shit like, 
Oh, you criticize capitalism, yet you use iPhone. Strange, <laughs> huh? No, he definitely was like that. Uh, he was like uh, a God damn it. in the full punk group back in the day. But I forget his name. I should just come to claim that was me being sorry. Is that you? <laughs> oh, God. Libertarian folk punkers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, okay, so we talked about the beginnings, and we've talked about the your most recent EP, Bad Habits. Uh, has there been any uh, career highlights that you'd like to share? You know, any good stories? Let me think about that. Um, um, it seems really sad if we don't. There's like no highlights over. <laughs> there's gotta be. I feel like like all the highlights are only highlights in retrospect. Where it's like, I think eventually I learned that like the times I feel like the most misery and pain from like playing shows and like going places will be the ones that I remember fondly. And um, so there's a. There's, like, a silver lining, I guess, on the... I mean, I would say, like, the, the tour went on, like, three years ago. I got this, uh... It was almost right before COVID, incidentally, but we went on, like, a one-week tour just around Texas and Oklahoma and uh, New Mexico and Colorado. And, um... I mean, I got this horrible tongue infection. This is really not... It's just... The end of the tour, I come home and like I can't eat anything. My tongue is all screwed up. That's right. And um, I finally really? like go to the doctor, and the doctor is like, "This is very strange. Like you should get this cultured because I don't know what is on your tongue." And it was basically some some fairly rare form of fungus that only people with like immune system problems get because of how much the tour had ruined my immune system. But I always look back on Oof. that uh, that part of my life and all the events that led up to that tongue infection. I know, it's something you look back fondly now that we're living in the COVID era. Yeah, it was almost quaint. You know, I I couldn't eat for a couple weeks anything besides, like, liquid stuff, but, uh, felt like I got to live the dream for just a while. For kind of a nightmare. Yeah. Is, is there a difference between dreams and nightmares, gentlemen? I guess it depends. All nightmares are dreams, but not all dreams are nightmares. Ah, there you go. So I did think of um, a single point that I would say is the highlight. Uh, We were playing Compost Heap. Um, It's a festival that's in Denver, Colorado. And we played our song Fuck Roseanne. Um, And like after the first verse. Roseanne was there. No, Roseanne was not there. Uh, you're you're talking about the comedian Roseanne Barr, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay, you're you're not talking about someone cool like the musician Roseanne Cash. No, no, no. We're not like that. You've got nothing against Roseanne Cash. Okay. Yeah, Roseanne good. Barr. It was a song that was um like originally for her. It was like like praising her, and then all that stuff happened with the ambient and the racist transphobic comments. So I had to change up the lyrics a little bit. But we did that song, and after the first verse, it was like everyone at the same time just, like, cheered super loudly. And, like, it caught me off guard. And I was just like, whoa. Like, that's, like, the biggest applause or, like, you know, like, cheer we've ever gotten. 
so I would say that was probably uh, the highlight for me. God, did, have you uh, ever checked out the show show uh, after she got fired? You know, that was based uh, on her yeah. fictional family. Um, it's called what? God, I can't forget. What? Yeah, is it just called, like, The Bars or something? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, no uh, I, I, I forget the name of it, but, uh, and I personally never checked it out, but, uh, I did like how they start off the show by uh, stating that Roseanne's character straight up died of a uh, morphine yes. overdose. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that is one way to kill off the character who's really problematic. Wait, she had an ambient overdose? Uh, something like that. No, but I mean, that would be such a good joke. No, <laughs> no, I, no I, I hadn't actually seen this show since I was like a kid. I know they rebooted it. I saw the reboot. Okay. Yeah, then she did the racist stuff, and then they fired her, and then they rebooted as this new series with her fictional family moving on after she OD'd on morphine. Yeah. Oh, man. It didn't last very long after that, which, I mean, you know, how could it? But, yeah, like, she... Like, it's just so crazy, because, like, early on... It was like the show back in the 90s. It was just like totally against all the things that she was saying. It was like the show pushed the envelope uh, for things like that. Yeah, it's a shame what she has become. But uh, yeah. she'll, she'll always have a place in my heart, though, for her uh, amazing rendition of uh, the Star Spangled Banner. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That was like Pete Rosanne. And, and it ends with her just laying loose a huge fucking fart. Just, moi, perfecto. Comrade Roseanne. Yeah, I hope she's changed, and, and hopefully someday maybe we can change it back to the old, uh, the old song and the old lyrics, but I don't think anything has happened yet to make me want to do that. So, so the next, next EP will be, uh, Fuck Yeah, Roseanne. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> <laughs> uh Alright, I say that uh we should wrap up this wonderful interview. Uh with the new EP out now on Bandcamp. Uh maybe it's a little bit too early, but uh any major future plans for Fire Ant season? None yet other than the tour. Uh which I like may or may not happen. It's gotta happen. If if we don't go on tour again. And it's over. Hopefully, at some point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, will you try to come to Michigan, where I'm at? We'd like to. We'd I am down. Like to. But, but it's going to be straight shot. We're going to play in Michigan and maybe one place on the way there. And we're just not going to be. We can't hit all those other states in between. No, <laughs> but, I. Uh, I, I might be able to make Michigan. Uh, we're going to call up the Garrett, oh, the Garrett Schulte tour. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's how you do it. <laughs> Yeah, I think we could do it with two shows to get there, and then play there, and then two shows to get back. No, that, that'd actually be more fun than just circle around the South. Like we yeah, I, I assure you, the Rust Belt of the Midwest has many a delight for you. Oh no, I, I love the Midwest. Yeah, who doesn't? I mean, aside from Michigan, just Indiana alone, just... 
perfect, yeah. perfect place to perform. So many exciting places in Indiana. I mean, we gotta hit up the uh, Bloomington, the classic. Uh, is that still a good place? Is Bloomington still booming? Uh, actually, ironically enough, despite being a big folk punk fan, I have never been to Bloomington. I mean, I, I would imagine that it maybe is like, you know, it was all the Planet X stuff as it went the way it did. Yeah. I don't... Oof, oof. I mean, I, I'd been to Bloomington a few times back in the, the closer to the glory days, but I have not been in the last five or six years. God. Okay, it's kind of off topic, but... Wow, if you really want to create a shitstorm on folk punk groups, just mention that you like a Ghost Mice record. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm in, a, I'm in an awkward position because I have a Ghost Mice record that people are like... And I mean, I don't feel too... But it's like, I see the prices are going to like 300 bucks for some of these records. Really? And I don't listen to it. And, um, and I'm like, it's time to just sell this thing, but it feels weird that you're like people are like so in demand that they're like, I need this on vinyl, like I have to have this Ghostbusters record. Yeah, it kind of is like a piece of history. Yeah. But it's really sad how all that like came down. Yeah. yeah, God, just fucking bummer all around. But uh, yeah. I got two Ghost Mice Ghost Mice CDs. Uh, I forget what the one of them is called. It just has like a bird on the cover, and uh. I got their split with uh, AJJ. Oh, that's big bucks. Yeah, I have that one too. Yep. Also, uh, besides Bloomington, if you do come to the Midwest, if you go to Ohio, honestly, you must play in Defiance, Ohio. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) You weren't even from there, right? I don't think so. I've actually... I'm from Columbus. Yeah. yeah, Defiance is one of my all-time favorite bands, so I actually have researched them a little bit, and yeah, I don't think any of them are from Defiance, Ohio. Matter of fact, it's a pretty small, small nowhere town. Well, that's why I was wondering when you said that of like, is there is there a single folk punk band in Defiance, Ohio? No, I don't think so. I'm sure there's like some. Kind of like Bloomington, it's kind of something where, like, a young, starry-eyed folk punker, like, in his late teens, early 20s, they'll, like, take a road trip to on the weekend. They're like, oh, Defines Ohio, I love the Great Depression album. Let's let's go there, see what it's like. <laughs> no, a, a, pil- a pilgrimage. Alright, so, uh, that's it for fire season, um, how about AR music projects? Are you guys involved in any? Not me, personal. Uh, so, tenants. Uh, I'm in, like, uh, during the pandemic, my partner and I started a, I guess it would be, like, a shoegaze pop-punk band, um, called Mousy Kissed, and, uh, we've recorded a few things. It does not really sound anything like fire and season. Uh, but that's that's how I split my music time these days. It's good. Uh, it sounds like if you're driving on like a road trip and like it's uh, uh, 
it's it's dusk outside and like you're kind of like tired but also like energized at the same time um it's only worth checking out i think you need that's kind description <laughs> that's how i would uh, describe it uh is that available online you know like sound camp or soundcloud yeah, the, uh, Wait, did I just say Soundcamp? <laughs> Bandcamp, Bandcamp. goddammit. Yeah, it's, copyrighted. Yeah, it's, uh, it's on Bandcamp, and, uh, Spotify, and, uh, it's called Mousy Kissed. Um, my, my partner came up with the name, but, uh... <laughs> M-O-U-S-Y K-I-S-S-E-D. Actually, uh, God, Camp sounds like something that, uh, like you heard about Bandcamp getting acquired by the, what is it, the video game producer? Yeah, Epic. Epic. Epic Games, yeah. Yeah, don't they do Fortnite? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so they... Aren't Soundcamp, though. <laughs> yeah, that Soundcamp sounds like something that uh, uh, an angry musician on Bandcamp who's a Minecraft fanboy gets pissed <laughs> off about. we like, I don't want, want my music on this platform. Well, I'll show them. <laughs> Absolutely, it needs to happen. God, I I really hope Bandcamp stays the way it is. I really do. Not only because because I, I generally enjoy the platform, and uh, well, I have my own music project that uh, I plan on putting out my first album this summer, and uh, oh, sure. yeah, it's gonna kind of suck if they like change it so much by then that no one wants to be on it. What's your, what's your project called? Oh, hmm. Allow me to do some self-promotion on my own podcast. Yeah, you gotta tell what it's called and what does it sound like. You gotta know uh, Alright, alright. It's uh, called Neo Beat Glory. All one word. And, uh, it's a music project that I, uh, create music by, uh, utilizing free samples from, uh, free mu- public domain music samples from, like, freesound.org and other sources. Nice. And, uh, well, it's mul- multi-genre, obviously. I'm really, that's why I call it a music project, because I'm really digging into, like, my favorite genres influenced by my favorite bands and singers. So, uh, the first album, which I plan on calling, uh, I hate living in the future is uh, gonna be a punk industrial re- industrial record, and uh, I'm almost done with it. I got like three more songs to record. Nice, that's really cool. All right, uh, I did my self promo there, um, and now it's the end of the podcast. Uh, Tim, Nathan, I believe it's time for. Uh, you guys to do some self-promotion. We've been doing it for an hour now. Yeah, I feel, uh, like, I well, feel like we've given all that we've got. Kind listeners, please go to Bandcamp <laughs> while it's still there. <laughs> Type in Fire Ant Season and you can check out the new EP. Uh, we do have some tapes if you want to buy a tape. There's only like 80-something left, I think. But they Probably not going anywhere for selling a while. So, I mean, yeah, they're selling like hotcakes. Uh, come on, ha- have a little bit more faith faith in yourselves. <laughs> you gotta believe, <laughs> like Parappa the rapper would say. Exactly. Yeah. Kick, punch, 
God, okay, can you imagine if they made, like, a similar game, but, like, instead of hip-hop and then the next one, Jammer Lammy was, like, rock? Can you imagine if they did something similar but with, like, folk punk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good idea. And, uh, I mean, I think we might we might try that. We'll see. Oh, Fire Ant Season's gonna delve into game development, then. Uh, so, like, for real, Tim has made, like, six or seven games, and they look like old PlayStation games. Oh, okay. That's, wow, that's very cool. Yeah. yeah it's like, an odd coincidence for the combo. <laughs> go for <laughs> it. actually make games. If you want to go look on, on Twitch, on Itch.io, uh, his name is Vapor Crypt, or Vapor Shark Games. But yeah, Vapor Shark Games. All right, nice. Uh, all and right. Nate, Nate has done soundtracks for uh, one of the games. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right, uh, wow, I believe that's the end of the interview then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all we got. Yeah. Everything else is just... Yeah, yeah folks, this has been uh, the Garrett Chalky podcast. Uh, had a great time talking with uh, Nathan and Tim of Fire Ant Season. Please check. Yeah, please check them out. I love these guys and Bad Habits. Excellent EP. And uh, well, that's it, folks. Uh, guys, thanks for coming on. And, Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yep. And uh, thank you, folks, for listening. Here is the outro song. Don't want to have to talk to my roommate No, I don't want to speak to him Just want to get what I need and then leave it To pile up in my room With the dirty laundry and dishes And the mold that'll multiply Will outnumber all the growth I've had in my whole life But it's not that I have ill will towards him Or anyone that I'm greeting I just have a propensity for Small talk and the desire for leaving Any interpersonal interaction That I'll find myself engaged at A timer starts ticking in my head A countdown to having a panic attack change my ways and develop myself and be flourishing but I'm afraid for any change of any personal growth that's required of me there's a comfort in remaining dormant where the path is least resistant if I could only overcome that persistent feeling of stagnating my brand of procrastination is one defined by overthinking To the point where nothing ever gets done And the smallest task is overwhelming 
But just because I've acted this way For as long as I can remember That doesn't mean I have to keep up with This dialogue of character